Uh, I remember when I used to, ooh, damn, the chair kind of spoke for me. <laughs> squeak, squeak. Uh, but I'm kind of dressed like I have a, you know, a 13-year-old kid that I had when I was 18. And I took him to their first middle school dance today. Um, because I only get to see them, you know, for weeks at a time because their mother has laundered every dime out of me. But I found true love by meeting another woman whose dad abandoned her child because she had a child at a young age and he was into alcohol, drugs, and gambling. And, uh, the dream of building telescopes. But now he can zoom in from afar through her window because he a creep and I'd be creeping through her skirt skirt just kidding but I'm only dressed like someone who's grown up but they haven't actually grown up their wardrobe so I will be someone that actually doesn't address their wardrobe <laughs> get it address <laughs> uh, until my son or my daughter is old enough where their wardrobe is better than I am and by default have to step it up and little do they know the only reason why I stepped up my wardrobe is because now we have a blended family uh, you just threw us all up in a ninja and then go like Zzz. um <laughs> Uh, your mom was always in the samurai swords, and that's why she's in probation, and why she doesn't have any custody of you, so I'm glad I could help, that's why I'm afraid of Panda Express, too much PTSD, um, <laughs> that's why I've never seen the movie Samurai with Tom Cruise. Um, even though I get, I do got the top guns now. <laughs> Where's my permit? <laughs> rating permitted. And I am rating your ears or your computer screens. Or if you have me up, if you have an HDMI cord like I use and just everything on your laptop, you hook it up to your big old RCA TV that's cracked from the back because your cat wants to have the zoomies and uh, flip your TV over. But you know, TV is just one big plastic container with the screen. You know, I remember the term plasma. Plasma TVs. I remember when that was a thing. Yeah, you got to get a plasma TV. And then years later, I started donating plasma blood and I'm like... You know, the same things that are coming out of my body to donate for, you know, or research or surgeries or blood. And then plasma TVs. Seems like there's a disconnect of importance. Um, seems like if it's so good for me, why am I giving it? Alright, so if we're donating it to other people, that's great. 
But then we're bringing back the radiation to us. Because I am radiating energy. Because I'm a generator. <laughs> Supposedly. Which is true. Apparently based off my sign. And all that good stuff. I am a generator of energy. Um, what does it mean? It means... I don't need none of y'all motherfuckers. <laughs> now you can drain the fuck out of me. But you can't add anything to me. Because I am at full max capacity. You can filter all the water down. Pour it in all the nice Brita filter waters you have. But you will never find anyone as pure as me. From a soul generating, radiating to your spirit standpoint. And I am generating your ears bleeding right now. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah. More of all that is. is um, I guess. Only call me in need of emergency. If your power has gone out. If your. You know will of survival. If your will to live has gone out. I'm your guy. And that's why. I'm dressed in all black right now because I can, you know, help you with your funeral um, <laughs> or I can help revive you from this black hole myth that you feel of yourself because of all these negative things you have told yourself, black hole son, won't you come? Uh, and yeah. Welcome to episode 237, the actual episode 237, because last episode, I said it was 237, really believing it was episode 237, when it was not episode 237, but I promise, this one is episode 237, I double checked, um, <laughs> this is what happens when you have full control, you know, I'm like one of those people, I have full control of my show. No one touches it. And then people are like, you should probably let a couple people touch it. Um, pause. Um, <laughs> welcome to episode 237 of the Off Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, and the notification. But most point, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. Uh, I know my voice kind of sounds like I'm doing this in a echoing church and it sounds like I'm being silent because you know I want to be respectful in God's place but in reality I'm at home and people are sleeping and good thing we have soundproof headphones that are really soundproof <laughs> or is it called noise canceling it's kind of funny how we call it noise canceling, but all we do is hear all the noise in our ears. But I get it. It means we don't hear the outside noise, which is actually kind of dangerous. You have people walking around with noise canceling stuff. And they literally don't hear the whole world that's going around them. It's kind of weird if we don't create a law for that. I don't know. Um, but yeah. Recording this at 1.28 a.m. Eastern on November 27, 2023 for the archives. Oh, and most poor ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. Oh, baby. Oh, Jesus, my breathing 
is a lot to be desired. And yes, today's drink is Ghost Orange Cream. Creme de la creme, homie. Um, what is that from? Uh, is it Wu-Tang that says that or NWA? I think NWA stands for No Withdrawing Assets. That's what NWA stands for. Um, <laughs> uh, Got to keep it kid-friendly, you know. This is a kid-friendly show. Now, with that being said... See-through panties. Um, <laughs> um, it is wild though, right? We go out in this world. You know, we go out in public. We don't expect to see anything absurd. You know, you may see the occasional person with a little risque clothing. Ah, shit. On. My bad. Sorry. You probably just heard that big old blender in the background. That was my air conditioning. Um, it's probably not best to do your show right by a blasting air conditioning unit that's like 48 years old. But you know what? Priorities. You gotta do what you gotta do. At least you know I pay for my power bill. You lazy bums. Um, <laughs> oh, Georgia Power. Out of my account every fucking month. It's kind of one of those weird things. I understand you're charged based off how much power you use or don't use. But Jesus Christ, it should not vary that much. And it's not even a consistent billing cycle. One month will be a 46-day cycle. The next will be 41 days. You know? Um, But yeah, no, we go out in this world... You know, you like to think in a day, if you're going out in the world for a few hours a day, you're going to see a mass amount of people. You're going to see many types of people, many different types of clothing, especially during the summertime, springtime. But the weirdest part, you would think the winter would be the time where everyone's on the same page. Like, everyone should be wearing some type of pants, some type of sweater. A hat, um, you know, makeup, um, <laughs> but it seems like we always got to have those people that go against the grain. We got to always have those people that are quote unquote different. You know, the, oh, I stand out because I stand out and you're like, Yes. And I can see all the chill bumps on your knees. Um, <laughs> and you're like 40% more likely to get an injury. But you know what? What do I know? Um, <laughs> and I kid you not today. I saw someone in some fishnets, right? I, I hate that term fishnets. I don't know what about fishnets is actually about fish. Is it because... It's like when you see through water, you can see the little fishies. Well, not today's water because, you know, most water is polluted and shit. You can't really see through it. But, you know, ideally, if you're close enough to water with the sun beaming down, you can at least see a couple feet through the, you know, the initial layer. 
Um, and this girl, and by girl, I mean someone probably around my age. All right, so let's just say this lady was sitting down wearing fishnets when it's 42 degrees outside. Now we're inside now. But it's one of those places where the inside is not much warmer than the outside. Um, <laughs> I read the AC. It said it was 65 degrees in there. If for some reason 65 degrees inside feels hella more cold than if it was 65 degrees outside, right? She's wearing fishnets on her legs. I wasn't staring at her legs. I was behind her line and I almost couldn't believe like. I'm going to be honest. I thought, oh, it's Sunday. She probably had a long Saturday night. Came from somewhere. Maybe she's still on duty. You get what I'm saying? Um, or maybe she's low on laundry. I can relate to that. But even if I'm low on laundry, I would just wear some dirty-ass clothes before I go around wearing fishnets if that's my only option. Now, maybe it's different because if I wore fishnets... Hoo, hoo, hoo. We got a big problem because my quads would rip the shit out of them. Um, <laughs> uh, but honestly, fishnets aren't even really that attractive. Like my first initial, the first thing I think of when I was a younger man, the first thing I ever saw of fishnets, I forgot the movie it was, but I remember the actress. It was this actress named Alicia Silverstone, I believe. She was like the Brendan Fraser for woman over time. She was she had like this crazy run. And for some reason Hollywood just shunned her out. For Brendan Fraser, it was at the George of the Jungle. Or nah, not George of the Jungle. But uh you should watch out for that tree. Boom, boom, tree. I I do think I'm more of a George of the Jungle than Thor, but neither here nor there. Um But I think it was after all I think it was when he did the Looney Tunes movie. And when he did fucking um, that journey to the center of the earth thing before The Rock did it. That was kind of like his comeback. But for some reason, like there was a weird gap in between that. And then now he's like doing one of those like artistry movies where... He's the well, you know, because he, like, gained a lot of weight for a role or whatever, committed, acting. But she was kind of like that. She didn't get a lot of weight, but I think it was Blast from... That's what it was. It was a movie they were both in, Blast from the Past. Ironically, this feels like a blast from the past. I think I just found the title of this episode. It's all coming together. But... Something about the imagery, and maybe this is why you should be careful what you show your kids, because apparently I remember this very well. There's nothing overly sexual about it. But they had the screen be black and white, even though it was like a 90s movie, but the setting of what they were doing, they made the screen black and white. And she was in these fishnets, just like a seductive... Kind of a maid outfit, but not really. Kind of like a outfit you would dress up for your man. Comes home from a long day of using the calculator. And you're like, oh honey, look at me. Aren't I stunning? 
and at that time in the 80s like i don't know most women kind of look the same um <laughs> you know i know it kind of sounds weird to say i think just the styles of woman we had god i'm really coming off as some type of way but i mean it's across the board there's so many different styles that men and women have these days you know you have casual men you have casual fitting you have very lazy fitting you have very you know a guy wears a suit it's crazy back in the day even if you had a blue collar job it was very normal for every time you went out to eat you had a suit or you had at least a blazer of some sort Nowadays, man, there's dudes millions of dollars who don't have blazers, and there's broke-ass dudes who have blazers, you know? There's guys that dress like bums, even if they're living. There's guys that dress well. There's guys that just dress the same all the time. There's guys that dress regular. There's guys that switch it up. There's guys that dress athletic, sporty. And there's women that dress very lazy, casual. Girls that dress like hoes. Um... (laughs) There's girls that dress very, uh, you know, pristine. There's women that dress very um, angelic. There's women that dress very professional. Women that dress very um, astute. Uh, look at Clint drawing out the adjectives out here. See, I haven't completely lost my wordplay. Um, <laughs> uh, don't make me rap battle, bitch. Um, But, oh, and classic. Back in the day, based off the movies and these videos and stuff you see and hear pictures from the Marilyn Monroe era, the JFK wife's um, Jackie Kennedy. I don't want to connect them because obviously there's a weird layover there. But, or the Aubrey, what's her name? Aubrey, not Drake, like... Aubrey Hepburn, you know, that type of era where it was like, all right, you have brunettes, you have blondes, and they all kind of dress the same when you basically dress as your class, where now classes of income are so interchangeable. People don't necessarily dress or reflect their income or class or their status. It's not as blatant, you know. Where back in the day, it was just everyone. It was almost monotonous. Like, it was nothing that stood out about it. Now, we have less fashion choices. There was the, like, Elizabeth Taylor, right? I'm not an expert on these people. These are just names I'm throwing out there that I think of when I think of the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Mainly the 50s, 60s, 70s. These icons, these female icons. I think of the way dress and stuff the way like men for the James Deans of the world the Sean Connery you know (laughs) before he was like you know sometimes you just gotta slap him in the face you know um (laughs) and I guess the point I'm trying to make is is sometimes I think I would like there's parts that I would want that to be current. Like, I wish there was more of a standard for when you go out in public. There should be a minimum standard of how to present yourself and should be 
at least public pressure. Like, you can't fix how certain people are raised or not raised. Like, I don't go out in public and dress all that great most of the time. But if there was a minimum standard of it would not be acceptable for people to want to be around you, be seen with you. Nowadays, people just don't care. So that's the reason why it's like whatever. But if that was this, we would all have a minimum dress standard for how we care about ourselves. Hygiene standard, presentable, the way we do our hair, you know, whatever. And I was kind of looking like, and that made me think for a second, like, man, I don't go out with anything that's reflective of wearing fishnets in public. But I kind of dress like a bum. <laughs> I dress like a bum with a nice bum bum. Um, <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I guess I saw that and it made me think. It really makes you think like I'm not a classic man. But what I want to be like, would I want to dress like every other person if that's what it was? Or were there, is there always natural people that zag? Would I be one of those that just doesn't dress like that just because everyone else does? I probably wouldn't because I couldn't afford it and I wouldn't care to. That's probably more the real reason. But it's also just not me. But would it be me if from a young age that's just what it was? Who knows? Benny Jizaboo, enough of dressing the part, and let me undress all your parts. And uh, let's talk about real estate. Um, <laughs> you know, I was actually having an interesting uh, a situation came up. I was listening to something, and and the thing I was listening to, they were kind of talking about how you you were taught to save your money, right? You were taught, you know, common sense would say, spend less than you make, save your money, save some for retirement, 401k, all that stuff. And if you do all that basic stuff over a long period of time, you'll be all right. Anything you need to afford, you'll be able to afford. You won't be in dire straits. But there's also a lot of, on the flip side, where nowadays, if you just do that, you are being told that you're not doing enough, or you're not really capitalizing on the market. It's like, everyone needs to invest, right? Everyone needs to invest in stocks. Everyone needs to do this. Everyone needs to do real estate. And it got me thinking, because everyone wants you to invest in real estate. And all this stuff. Real estate and any type of stocks and stuff. It's literally gambling just like anything else. You, it's, I mean, you could do probability causes of what's more likely to see, what's less likely to see. But the possibilities of you making a lot of money or losing a lot of money is essentially the same. Because it's literally, this thing's either gonna hit the tank or you're going to be like, oh, baby, let's go to the bank. Um, <laughs> and 
it got me, you know, as someone that now gambles, and by gambling, I mean daily sports fantasy. I'm not doing anything illegal for my state. I just say gamble because it really is what it is. I'm putting money into some, either win or lose, mostly lose. And <laughs> Scotty Barnes, you just had to get an assist with 20 seconds left in the fucking game. It cost me twenty five fucking dollars. It's the fucking point. Losing makes you hate things, but near here nor there. But it's weird how we have all these negative incentive. Like we gotta have these gambling addiction hotlines. We gotta like gamble response with this and that and the other. But every and it's this negative point of view is this negative thing that gambling has to be uh sanctioned gambling's got to be this overly um what is it called managed right like there shouldn't be any legal stuff happening like i'm not saying there shouldn't be any uh hands in from outside to keep it fair to make sure people aren't running books illegally and stuff like that but it's weird how for stuff like real estate, stocks, and we can even say crypto, we've seen how all that stuff has worked. That stuff is just like, oh no, this is how, you know, this is an acceptable way to expand your portfolio and stuff like that. And I really think the only reason why gambling is banned in so many states, and there's so many sanctions, regu- regulations is what I'm looking for. So many regulations. And I know there's regulations in the stock market to protect people and stuff like that, but we all know there's a lot of loopholes to get through that. But I really think gambling, in comparison to stocks and all that stuff, the reason why gambling, in the sense, is so negatively looked down upon and frowned upon from government and anyone in charge of anything is because in their minds it does nothing to contribute to society you you ever hear the term that um it's everyone's duty to contribute to the economy to essentially be a uh be a working person. Yeah, you hear that term? Someone to contribute to society. They always say be a taxpayer like everyone else, right? Which now, if you make enough money in gambling, you do pay taxes. So, okay. But in their mind, gambling doesn't put anything back in the economy. It's the definition of selfishness. You do nothing, right? I mean, you do reap, but you do basically nothing. You put a bet. You place a possibility you may win or lose. You spend, let's just say, five to ten minutes if you're spending time. Some of you do spend hours preparing, but you spend X amount of time. And then after that, it's out of your hands. Whatever happens, happens. And you could basically sit on your ass all day and watch other people make you money. But that's looked down upon because... The only people benefit off that is the eyeballs, like advertisement for these sports. And that's why sports, NBA, NFL, they're all embracing gambling. Because they benefit economically 
from everyone's interest, from non, from ca- people that were just casual fans, now are watching every game, getting league pass to watch the games, to keep up with stuff, and have heavy interest. They can advertise it, creates more income. They have partnerships with these places, with these sports, these businesses. So now it's a way where it's quote unquote contributed to the economy because now they everyone can get a piece of the pie. But when it was just isolated, people make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year betting on horse racing, betting on football, fantasy this, whatever the fuck, poker. It was such just like you were a... They couldn't do anything because you're not doing anything illegal. But they will find any way to look into you to say that you're embezzling money or that you are not... Doing something right with what you're doing is because there's something that sits with people when you are doing some making a living or doing very well at something that is not considered quote unquote hard, that is not considered a skill. Which I can tell you this by doing it, it is a skill. Like, is way more of a skill than you would think, right? I'm hoping to become pretty decent at it. But I really like the but you hear the term that you have to lose money to actually understand how to game because once you lose enough money, you gotta actually that's when you start tasting like, okay, what am I doing wrong? You change your approach, you actually do some research of how to really look at stuff, how to actually study what you're looking at. It is a skill. I don't care how much you know sports. I don't care how much you've watched your whole life. That means actually shit. And sometimes the more you know about something, you think you know about something, it actually is like the biggest thing getting in your way from being successful at it. You got to have the least amount of ego to if you want to be good. That's what you hear from a lot of these people. When people think they know it, they just keep like, oh, I think this person, this matchup, they're going to do this. Like... You may get once in a while, but it's not as random as every, like the lines, the shit is fucking, it's so crazy how much is one point, one rebound, one assist, one touchdown, one yard, how crazy, this, how close the shit is. It does make you feel like the shit is rigged, and I wouldn't doubt it to an extent, especially in this NBA shit, how easy it would be to manipulate these games. I think the NFL would be a lot harder to manipulate certain things. But the NBA could be very easy if you're a ref and shit. That's definitely like, and obviously they've had the history with it. But but the situation brought up that I think gambling is looked at as this thing. Where we have to teach people how bad of a thing it is. But it's honestly no worse than people that do quote unquote investing in the most general sense now you you could always be more protected except with gambling if you're using you don't have to be given a loan to make money off of it if you're consistently winning you can start with a very small amount of money and make a lot over time where when you're investing, it's like, oh, you got to invest this and you got to give it to this bank and this lender. And then they flip the money and do you got to spend money to make and then put more effort to do this. And it really like when <laughs> when people look at sports gambling, stuff like that, 
and they make it like it's this worst thing in the world, like it's the downfall to society. Like, oh, now you're worried about people overspending money. You're worried about people draining their lives and fucking up their lives. But people don't care. But they don't care when you're spending thousands of dollars a year on alcohol fucking up your life. They don't care if you're spending thousands and thousands of dollars on hookers. They don't care if you're spending, if you're just blowing your money on junk food. They don't track that. Oh, because those things contribute to businesses. But gambling is this selfish endeavor where people can make as much money doing nothing, as as much money as they do in their daily job. Let's say the average job you're making on a decent job, $250 a day, which in these day and ages is still pretty hard to get by it. But surprise, there's not a whole... There's not as many people making that much a day as you think, though. And you could put a $20 bet into it. And potentially, if you hit all, if everything goes perfect, you could leave with $500 in one day. One day. You're making three hours if you do it all in the same time slot at games. That's how crazy this shit is. Now you could be a little bit more safe with your bet and win two hundred dollars. Put twenty, make two hundred. But think about how absurd that is. Something that, let's say you make twenty, just say twenty an hour. You spent one hour of your life, and you invest that into something, and within three or four hours, you got as much as you would make in one day, and you didn't have to do anything. But just make some guess, guesses or calculated guesses or some research input on something, we'll just say. Think about that. But the problem is, is that it's not sustainable for a lot of people because to win 60% of your bets is considered out of this world elite. Like really, I think it's less than 50%. It's like if you're hitting fifty percent. Your if you're hitting like thirty, forty percent of your bets, like you're in a top point oh one percent. I think it's like for this daily fantasy sports things. I think it's like people win less than like two. I, I think it's like less than six to eight percent of their stuff they put in, and so basically a lot of people just end up breaking even at best. But why do people keep on doing it for months and months? They keep breaking even on this stuff. It's because winning brings hope. And these sites know exactly what they're doing when they give you these discounts. And they give you these, oh, dude, this is a free entry. Like, bro, if you pick this one, they just have to get one yard. That's one to six. You don't have to work. Because you know what you're willing to do? You're willing to put more money. You're willing to do more. The odds are not in your favor. Oh, we'll do a protected pick where if you put all of your, if you, if you put 20 bucks in this, no matter what happens, you will at least get your 20 bucks back. But they give $20 back as a credit within their account. So they own your 20 bucks and you can only use that 20 bucks in there and you can't withdraw it. So they still have your 20 bucks. You just got to reuse it into the thing. Like these, these, you know. But 
It should just be like treated like anything else. It's a risk. But it shouldn't be looked down as anything like real real estate's just as far. like there's so many scams of Airbnbs and real estates out there. There's the I forgot her name. But this lady who which I don't know why these people just blindly give people online money. Like these Instagram people like Oh, all you got to do is give me $8,000 and I will, I will, we have this whole Airbnb condo thing going on here and however much they rent out of the month, if we make a profit, you get the profit percentage and all this stuff for some reason. These, and then if they don't, then you have to pay me money. It's like, why are you just blind? Like, you could have just done that shit yourself. Got your own Airbnb. But people just want to do the laziest minimum amount of effort. And then, quote, unquote, investing. And have people do their investing. And just blindly get money back. Because someone says, I'll take care of it for you. But, yeah. With all that being said, I think I'm switching to DraftKings. I think sometimes you just need to change the scenery. Sometimes, you know, it's like when you're in a relationship, right? You know, when things were really good, man, I was hitting the W's every day. Um, I was getting little wins here, like week after week, every day I was getting some money back for like a good two weeks. Then now... You try to catch up, like, man, I already lost three bits, or let me place a quick 20, let me place a quick, just get a $20 profit, three thing, and then you don't even come fucking, then you start betting on late night Fresno State games at 10 o'clock at night, just desperate to get your money back for you one, and the guy gets 18 receiving yards when he needed 43, like, what the fuck am I doing? That's the type of shit. It's like, oh, this is what they do. They know exactly how desperate people are, but they'll just bet on fucking anything that they don't watch. <sighs> I need to op- I need to open a fucking daily fantasy. He's <laughs> gambling side. That's where the money's at. Oh Jesus! But yeah, but yeah. Moving on. Um. Uh, they call me Mr. Perfect Push-Up, bruh, <laughs> get it, bruh, alright, sorry, um, I haven't done push-ups in a while, <sighs> but, um, so, war, Uh, are you at war with yourself or are you at war with what people wish you were of yourself now there's a quote that doesn't mean a whole fucking lot but it sounds like it should um <laughs> uh i'll say this man you know i'm deep enough in the podcast game Leadership. I really do think I should read a book on leadership. You know, there's all these, you know, there's actually these these famous books out here called like the 48 Rules of Power. I forgot what it is. It's like one of these big famous books that 
when people are on their self-motivated entrepreneurship, uh, trying to change their life around, they read these books that everyone tells them to read. It becomes popularized. It goes through trends where they sell a crazy amount. I think it's about Robert Greene or some shit. And people say the laws of it, like the shit you read is so intense that like it really makes you look at life like crazy amount of different. To the point where people literally, like, they'll say they'll read, like, a quarter of the book. They'll read, like, 10 of the 48 laws or rules or whatever. And they legitimately have to put it down because it makes you contemplate everything you've ever been doing in your life. And it's, like, that type of, like, wake-up call, right? And, you know, that would be nice. I would probably read it. And it wouldn't make me contemplate everything I've done in my life. It would just make me contemplate. <clears throat> Why the fuck am I letting a book with words on it make me contemplate everything I've done in my life? Because when you really think about like what a book is, and more times than not, there's nonfiction, there's philosophical, there's... These are just these rules of life type of books, these... Uh, these are the rules of how you should live to maximize your potential type of books, right? Or the how to be a real man, those type of books. Um, how to truly find what God puts you on this earth to be type of books. You gotta remind yourself that these are books that are written by people just like you. And some of them may have great knowledge of subjects. Some of them may have... You know, I've done a lot of research on what they're putting on paper. But you don't just read some and just take definite value of it. You know, it should not make you like go home and cry yourself to sleep. But I think I think fiction, the thing about fiction. When think when things are purposely fictional in books, it makes people more. Open to receiving it to the point. And that's why you see people like crying when they're reading like. I was going to say Captain Underpants. But people are crying laughter for different reasons. <laughs> um, uh, I miss the Captain Underpants book. Like every six months. I remember at the Scholastic Book Fair. They would always come out with a new one. I would never read it. But I always want to pretend like I'm reading it. I just hate being told to read shit. I like to read shit on my own time you know. I like to only read shit that actually I care about, you know. Um, and I am the captain of this under world with people wearing no pants. I ain't got no pants. Um, <laughs> I may or may not. That's why I keep the camera chest high. Titties bouncing. Babies bouncing inside. Bounce to the ounce. Damon Bruce, NBA 2K14. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah, I don't know, like these, the thing about philosophy that's kind of weird or a way of living type of books is you should always be open to things that you haven't thought about yourself and you read when it's intended to make you think and it's intended to help us humans, because that's who it's for when people write these books, how to become a better human, essentially, how to become better leaders, and if you're in certain positions in your life where you're trying to, you know, do all that good shit, you know, 
it's good to, you know, want to better, but people will just start becoming this shit. And they just dive head in and don't actually apply to who they are as a person. Not realistic with themselves that I'm not going to be all these 48 powers of laws. Like, you know, I got, I got a job. I got shit to do. Um, <laughs> I don't have time to sit here and be, you know, manifesting my greatness. I don't have time to reach my full potential. I don't have time to read your fucking books, to be quite honest with you. Um. Man, maybe that's the point. If you're not making time to read the book, it means you're not serious about your life. It's like, well, maybe you're not serious about your message getting across if you're charging 34 fucking dollars for me to read your book when I could go online. And someone has probably done an article just listing the 48 powers of laws anyways. I don't know. Um, I could save myself $34. I could probably go on YouTube and someone just summarizes it. Did the work for me. Well, maybe that's your problem. You're always looking for the easy way out and not doing the work. And I'm pretty sure somewhere in that book, you're talking about entrepreneurship. You're talking about creating something bigger than yourself so you can pass along so you don't have to take on all the pressure and do everything yourself. And then you have people working for you doing the work for you anyways. So we're still talking about the fucking same thing, aren't we? Here I am projecting a shade of a book I've never read. So, I don't know. Um... (laughs) It's a little too much carrot to nibble on that tippy tongue. Tippy tongue. (laughs) Who needs daffy duck when you got laffy taffy when she back in the affy? Um, (laughs) Do you imagine if daffy duck and bugs took acid? Maybe that's all Space Jam is. It's just one big acid trip. I don't know. Um, maybe that's really what Michael's secret stuff is. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, Sylvester. Oh, putty cat. Oh, Jesus. That is a blast from the past, though. I still haven't seen the LeBron Space Jam. And I feel like it's probably not that good. No, it's not a LeBron versus Michael debate. But I swear to God, if someone were to use, well, Michael's Space Jam was better than LeBron's. Like, well, one, it's been made like what? Like 23 years apart? 24 years apart, if I had to guess. They were made with completely different directors. Space Jam 2 couldn't use, you know, the one R. Kelly song that's not about sex. (laughs) Like, they couldn't even use it in current times because of all the shit going on with him. I believe I can. Damn. It's kind of weird. Like, I ain't gonna lie. Like, when I used to buy CDs, I legitimately bought R. Kelly's Greatest Hits. And it was, like, kind of at the time. It wasn't when he went to jail, but it was when, like, everything was, like, kind of out there. You know? And then, it's weird, because, like, I listened to R. Kelly growing up. I knew some songs. 
But when I bought this, like, greatest hits, and I listened, like, man, like, I like all of his songs. <laughs> you know? Forget the subject matter. It's just like, man, they all, it's like, eyes calling. It's like, there's just such a natural feeling for him. Probably because he doesn't read or write his music, so it all just comes out natural. Um, I think there's something to that. You could definitely tell when artists write or don't, for better or worse. Is I feel like the most natural form when the song is good is like I think Michael Jackson didn't even write, well he had a lot of songwriters for most of his but when he would be singing the songs the way he would develop the style of the singing of the songs is, would just be him in the studio just like going off on it. it like it wasn't like oh this is how you do this Michael like with R Kelly he he would just like kind of basically freestyle his you know, his courses and his harmonies. So we would make fun, like, of all his... But that's what makes him unique. This is not a pro... <laughs> well, this... I don't want to say I'm anti... I'm anti-R Kelly of anything. That stuff. But it's kind of this weird thing where... His music is still fucking good. But it's one of those things that you can't go out of your way. Like, you can't type in R. Kelly in your Spotify. And that'd be normal. But if you're listening to a playlist and it just happened to be in the playlist. Or it happened to be in your special, special playlist with a lady. Regardless of her views on R. Kelly. 98% of the time. They're not going to stop and ask you to change it. I'm not speaking from experience. I'm just saying. No one has ever changed the R. Kelly song <laughs> during certain situations. Well, except Trapped in the Closet came on and then all the interludes and then when the one with the, you know, the dwarf comes out of the closet. I don't know. That may be a buzzkill. Um, <laughs> but everything else is nothing but sweet honey love. Oh, she got that vibe. Ah, Jesus. Fiesta. But see, that's the thing, right? Everyone, Everyone's so anti this. And they should be. All the stuff that people are talking about. The Matt Rife joke where he talked about DV. And I hate God. Yeah, I got I to gotta say. I was, when I was working on some stuff earlier, I came across on YouTube. And there's a podcast, and like, you definitely tell these big podcasters, but they fit in the commentary niche when they do their podcasts. They try to cater to cen- censoring everything, like they say, uh, trigger warning, content warning. We talk about, you know, a certain topic, like it'll be domestic violence. It's like, all right, man, like, most people watching yourself are grown adults. They can see in the tile, and they don't like the subject. You have to give them like a million warnings they see and just be like, they don't want to listen to it. But they make it like you're watching like Nickelodeon and then it's like, hey, suggestive. Just so you know, this this episode has suggestive themes in it, you know. It's like, alright. But like people going overboard about that stuff. It's like, people joke about stuff people do songs about subjects 
and it doesn't necessarily reflect what they do. It's just our observations of how the world perceives that stuff. And the uncomfortable underlying truth that you could find the worst and the most humorous. Or you could find the underlying craziest underlying, uh, I guess, pers- perception, perspective that you want out of everything, good or bad. And I think just to think on the surface level that just this is that you can't find anything out of it that can at least make someone laugh. Find a point of view. I think that just goes to show that you don't really want to talk. You don't really want to listen. You don't really want to have discussion about things. Because what gives power to something is when you make it such a fragile topic that people can kind of secretly do it. And secretly kind of go about things a certain way. And, and then there's no real unionizing of, hey, we could find certain things about this subject that's not the worst thing to joke about, right? Because someone joking about something doesn't necessarily mean they would do it or that they condone it. It just means that, hey, I see this shit too. I see the same shit that everyone else sees. But for some reason, there's certain people that only feel like they have a right to talk about it, even if they're not even victims of that type of stuff. I don't know. It's just kind of like, we all live in the same world. We all see the same thing on news. We all have friends and family and people we've worked with and people in close confidants that have had these experiences. We've been Almost everyone has been around people with all the different bad experiences you could think of. And to think that you can't have a point of view or an opinion about those things is pretty insane just because someone may have a more personal opinion or point of view or experience about something. It's like your experience is not any more valuable than mine. I mean, I don't know. What the fuck am I talking about, though? But yeah. I really do look like I work at a mosque. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, come dip your baby's head in here and then have, you know, look, man, this is where, like, religion gets really weird. That whole thing of, was it called, the moil? I think it's in my, it's probably the worst time to talk about this stuff based off all the Palestine and Jewish back and forth type of thing going on but i think even jewish people would be like yeah you know what someone a grown person sucking a baby's tip for what is it called a moil it's probably eh, it might be a little outdated it probably should have never been dated um but you know what maybe back in the day we didn't have the research we didn't have the access to medical advancements where we could just kind of have an object or utensil or something to take whatever we're worried about being on there. And then we wonder why these priests and all this stuff 
have all these scandals with these priests and children. It's like, well, we basically directly have this weird shit. Um, so I don't know. Maybe it's the wrong religion I'm thinking. I believe that is Judaism, or that is the thing. It's called Moyle, where they suck the babies. Eh, I don't even like saying it like that, but... Ugh. But yeah, Omoyle does not rule. Um, <laughs> uh, Jesus. I think on that note, I'm going to tip off this podcast. So yeah, that was actual episode 237 of the Alpha Me Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell, most important ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to suck some titties and keep it at that. Don't suck anything else. Please keep it at the titties. Yeah. So, yeah, have a great day, morning, night, whenever this is posted. Hopefully sometime in the middle of this week or so. Trying to get back on track. So, uh, on track, on track. And that booty in that crack. (laughs) Welcome to Kensington, Pennsylvania. It's all over the internet, people. This is just for the Patreon. You get the free nip show. (laughs) 